Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Faith understands how tricky it can be to feed your children nutritiously in our culture and is on a mission to provide simple and sustainable ideas to feed our families in a way that truly nourishes them. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Faith Ralphs. Greetings and welcome, Faith. Hello. You you guys that are watching, you need to give a, a, a thumbs up because this is the day before Thanksgiving that we are broadcasting. And Faith, I'm sure she's going to be doing a lot more cooking after this recipe demo, but she also has children running around the house. She's got a lot of things happening. She just launched the cookbook. And for her, this is like one of the busiest times of the year for her. And here she is giving her time to us. So you guys have to give a, an applause, which is a which is a thumbs up for that. Thank you so much for being here, Faith. My pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, so we're really excited about about the cooking that you're going to be doing for us today. The recipes that you're going to show us are going to be delicious for Thanksgiving, but really for any day of the year. So, because that's what's great about being plant based, it doesn't have to be a special occasion to eat special food. And you definitely make special food, and you have a wonderful cookbook that we're going to talk about later that also has special food. So, I'm going to start off with our game of true or false. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, the first question, and Green Warriors, you type in your answer, and some of these are just for fun. True or False, Faith's new cookbook, which was released yesterday, was the number one bestseller new release in its category on Amazon. True or false? Type in your answer. And Faith, what's the answer? It's true. It's still number one new release in cooking with kids category. That is so awesome because this is a plant-based cookbook, right? It's not just a general cookbook. It's not a paleo cookbook, right? No, <laughs> this is a plant-based cookbook and number one. It's plant-based with kids. So. Right. That, but that's just wonderful. Congratulations on that. Okay, so we're going to get to know you a little bit. True or false, Faith has seven siblings. True or false, I think I gave away the answer there, but go ahead. Faith has true or false, she has seven siblings. True or false, Faith? That is false. There's seven of us total. Wow, so you grew up in a pretty busy kitchen in a pretty busy household. Mm -hmm. did, for sure yeah Where, did anybody in your home when you were growing up eat plant-based no we did not really know about that we didn't even realize that was an option <laughs> <laughs> but i was about 16 when my family started to understand nutrition a little better and we made some changes wow so you were pretty young though that's amazing yeah. i was a teenager so that's amazing. Okay, so speaking about family, true or false, Faith's husband is a big meat lover and doesn't eat her cooking very often. True or false? 
have a guest Green Warriors. Okay, Faith, what's the answer? That is false. My husband's very supportive and he loves plants and does not eat meat. <laughs> well, good for you because I mean, we, we have people on the show that have written books and cookbooks and done all kinds of appearances and things and still are trying to get their husbands on board. So that's wonderful. It really would be so challenging. And I, I salute all of those who have unsupportive spouses. You got to really believe in yourself to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's another one. True or false? Faith has three kids under five years of old. True or false? Okay, Faith, what do you say? That's true. I just had my third baby three months ago. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, congratulations. We were talking before the broadcast that I, I feel like a book release is, is like having a baby. And I was telling you, oh, you had your fourth kid. I didn't know you just recently had your third one. <laughs> In one year, cookbook and baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See that? And and cooking at home, I guess. You probably cook a lot. Oh, Angela Fischetti said, oh, my, congrats. <laughs> it's so precious. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, let's see. I think we have another. Okay, so this one is something that's interesting. Let's see what the answer to this is. Green Warriors, what do you think? True or false? Faith reversed PCOS through whole food plant-based diet. True or false? Okay, people are guessing. and Go ahead, tell us about that. Um, that's true. I always just had like a off menstrual cycle until I started eating more whole food plant-based. Even when I was just vegetarian, that wasn't enough. I had to really concentrate on taking out the refined sugar and the white flour and try to eat more whole food and um, no cheese and eggs and stuff like that. And I mean, obviously it worked because I've had three children in five years and um, my cycle is back to normal. I don't have painful periods anymore. And it's just amazing to me that you can do that all through what you eat. Wow. So is that what uh, started you with this plant-based journey? Yeah, I was kind of leaning that way anyway, because I was vegetarian, you know, since I was a teenager. But um, when I was just to conceive and I was having super long cycles, you know, what should be 28 days for me was 60, 70 days. And I wasn't ovulating, so it's impossible to conceive. And so I was just really doing some research. And when you Google it, you actually read to do a low-carb diet, of course. Everything says about everything, right? But that did not sit well with me, and I just did not feel that that could be true. I think when you're trying to figure out your health, you need to really listen to your intuition and your gut feeling and your heart and seek inspiration because only God really knows your body completely and knows what will work for you. And I just felt like that could not be right for me to eat high protein, low carb. And upon further research, I've found that a low fat plant-based diet is actually um, su superb for your hormones. And that worked well for me, still does. That is just so amazing that I guess because you were vegetarian before you dis were discovered that you had the PCOS, then when you were looking for those solutions and you came upon the paleo keto 
type thing, you knew that that wasn't for you because you were vegetarian. So that imagine that, that, that uh, really helped you and, and you discovered it in that way. That is, and then you had three kids. So here we go. I mean, <laughs> that's definitely proof that this lifestyle can be very helpful for so many things. And, and there's just another one right there that it's helpful for. And I'm so happy for you that that is uh, something good. That's, oh, I think Angela, oh, Angela Fisgetti said, happy to hear about Faith's husband being on board. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of family now, okay, so your husband's on board. Now you have three little ones. Now, of course, you have a very young one, but the, what about the other two? What, how old are they again? And, and how are they, they eating? Four. And they eat like we do at home. Like, um, well, I'll make a little more, I guess, less sophisticated food for them. Um, so I'll typically make a dinner that I like, such as curry or soup or something. But I'll make it a little more simplified for them, like keep everything separate on a little plate instead of mixing it all together so it's less intimidating for them. Um, but at home, we don't have products and we don't cook with, you know, butter and eggs and white flour and sugar and all that. And when they go out, they do get a little of that. Um, not quite sure how to handle that still. <laughs> but at home, we try to be as close to 100% as we can. Yeah, I've, I've talked to some of the plant-based doctors who grew, who raised their children in that way, and some of them were very strict, and others had different ways of doing it. It, seem, it almost seems like children are kind of like pendulums. If you tell them no on one extreme side, they swing all the way <laughs> to the other side, you know, whereas if you kind of are chill about things, sometimes they may not be so interested. I know uh, Dr. Furman, he had uh, kids, but now they're adults. His youngest is still in college, but they had their times where they found chocolate chip cookies under the bed and they were, they were raising them, you know, to be strictly plant-based. He calls it nutritarian. And yeah. uh, even I was remarking the other day about how he said that his college age kid came home from college for a couple of weeks and he has a retreat. So they stayed at the retreat and now the kid had to eat whatever was there and he remarked about how his back acne was going away. So, so sometimes it might take them a while before they come around fully to realize that this is something that's beneficial. So it sounds it sounds like you're on the right track. And now show us the cookbook again because you made a you just published a cookbook. It just came out, and this is all about plant-based cooking for kids. We're going to be cooking for a family here, but this a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about is for kids. But and that's so wonderful that you discovered recipes and, and things to present to your children and for other people to enjoy also who have children who are trying to figure out how do I get my kids to like these things? And, and the book has, I haven't gotten to see the whole book, but I had got a preview of some of it and it has a lot, not just recipes, but it has a lot of helpful tips in it too. Mm -hmm. And beautiful pictures. Yeah. So, a picture with every recipe because you'd be surprised how many kids cookbooks don't have that many photos and that's not an option for me you need pictures for sure and i just could not find anything quite like it there's no plant-based cooking for kids out there that doesn't have a lot of like refined foods so this is very refined. oh that's so wonderful and so what are you going to cook today for us 
going to make um, this cornbread recipe. That's oh, cornbread, yes. <laughs> on my website, which is faithfulplateful.com, and it's one of my most popular recipes on my website. It's a little on the more indulgent end because we have um, a cup and a half of almond flour in there and a little maple syrup and some salt. So it's not like, you know, the healthiest, but it's really yummy for a special occasion like Thanksgiving. And um, especially for cooking for kids, they need higher calorie, higher fat foods because they take so few bites that every bite really needs to have some calories and nutrition in there. So it's different cooking for little kids than, you know, adults. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think, and also for husbands, right? They, they seem to need more calories too. And a lot of, a lot of the females who are adopting lifestyle and trying to get their family on board, they don't always realize that you need some calories for the husband and extra calories for the kids too. So I want to let everybody know that the recipes are going to be in the show notes. And what are you starting off with? I'm going to put you full screen. This is two cups of cornmeal. And I get that, um, I like to get organic corn products, not necessary, but I get this from Azure Standard. It's um, organic corn. And then I'm using a cup of spelt flour, but you could also use gluten-free flour or even additional cornmeal to make it gluten-free if you needed to. That gives it some of the structure that it needs. And then a cup and a half of almond flour. If almond flour is new to you, it's just blanched almonds that are ground really finely. And it's a way of adding moisture to baked goods without oil. So it's a whole food fat instead of a, you know, the refined oil. Um, so these are the dry ingredients and we're just gonna add a little salt and baking powder. I was out of baking powder right before I started this. Couldn't believe it, I never skipped I never am out of those kinds of things, but I was. And I Googled it really quick, and you can combine um, cornstarch, which I also didn't have, <laughs> but I had potato starch, which is an equivalent, and cream of tartar and baking soda. So um, here's hoping that the internet was right and that this is just like baking powder. And it's nice because um, I know the ingredients Oh, and speaking of ingredients, we do have one more uh, true or false question, and it is about this. So let's put this up for everybody. True or false, aluminum is found in the plaques in the brains of Alzheimer's patients and should be avoided in cookware and also food like baking powder, as it can be potentially neurotoxic. So that's a long question. True or false, everybody guess. And what do you have to say about that, Faith, since that's what we were talking about? Yeah, that's true. So I always look for a baking powder that says aluminum free on it, or you can just look at the ingredients and make sure there's no aluminum sounding ingredients. Uh, it'll say like aluminum oxide or aluminum or something. But yeah, that's a nice easy way to eliminate that source of aluminum. I love that you have that hack about the about running out. So I would love you'll have to let us know how that turned out for you. Yeah. Well, if we have time, you'll see how how it's cooking in the oven. Um, and then I'm just going to combine the wet ingredients, which is a little bit of applesauce. I have some homemade applesauce here, and that's just another way of replacing the oil and baking. 
and then a cup and a half of, or two and a half cups of plant milk. I'm using almond milk here, but you can also use um, you know, any plant milk or even some water because plant milk is basically water. <laughs> I mean, it's only 30 calories a cup. There's not much in there. Yep, that's good to know about the plant milk and Oftentimes we can kind of whip up our own if in a, if we need to. We've had where we'll take rolled oats and just put it in some water and put in a small food processor and and there you go. <laughs> that nice. You don't have to go to the store and buy milk like you would if you relied on cow milk. Yes, it is, and it's it's also nice because you know what the ingredients are. Some I mean, some people do buy the plant milk from the store, but some of them can have some certain ingredients that may not be healthful promoting so yeah. but it you know it's still better than the animal milk exactly i think all plant milk is better than, than the cow milk all right now we're going to combine the wet with the dry um i can show you here i'm sure most of you have made cornbread before but you might not have made a plant-based cornbread which is a little different because most cornbreads have a lot of eggs and sugar and milk um, and white flour and even butter. That's a lot of animal products that we're replacing here. And with this one, you could just dip your finger in there and take a taste if you wanted to, right? <laughs> My family loves this. I often make it when we're having soup. Um, and soup doesn't have a lot of calories in it often. This kind of fills everybody up. And it's really quick to put together and throw in the oven. And it's cheap. It's all very affordable ingredients. And lots of fiber in there. It's all whole grains. So I feel like it's a pretty healthy side dish for a, for a family. Uh, I'm just going to pour well, I bet the house is going to smell really good very soon. <laughs> yeah, if you do gluten for any reason, like um, at your Thanksgiving tomorrow, if you're not having rolls, you could make this instead. Um, or people even make a cornbread stuffing sometimes. So I have a gluten-free family member, so I'll be making this for Thanksgiving for her. All right. So as soon as my oven is preheated, I'll put that in the oven and it bakes for about 25 minutes. You can also make these into little muffins and it also freezes really well. I'm actually traveling in the morning, so I'm not taking this with me on the airplane, but I'll put it in the freezer. So when we come back, you can just thaw out your cornbread and um, freeze as well. And I would also keep it in the fridge if you're keeping it for more than like a day because the applesauce in it tends to make it go bad quicker than normal baked goods. Um, and then I can also show you how to make the cranberry sauce if we're ready for that. That sounds great. These recipes will be great for for Thanksgiving, but also great for any day. And it's so much fun. I think a lot of people, they go into the store and they see that bag of cranberries and they say, I'm plant-based. I got to do something with that, but I really don't know what I could do. <laughs> so you're going to show us. Yeah, I don't want to buy the canned cranberry sauce because there's so much sugar in there. And this tastes way better. It tastes like real cranberries. And that's basically all it is. Cranberries are very tart. So I'm just buying, it, it really takes about five or 10 minutes. You'll watch right here. 
you just pop the bag open and I'm going to just rinse them off and look for any squishy or like yucky ones, but these all look fresh and good. I'm just going to rinse them off and put them into this pot. Stephanie was talking about your cornbread and she said, wow, that came together quickly. It did. Uh -huh. You know, it really did. It, it, it's just so, and, and there wasn't much, there weren't many dishes or things that you had to use to prep it. One so bowl. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Um, so it's just the bag of cranberries with a little bit of water. Um, and when I have an orange here that I've already zested, if you don't have a, a zester, it's this fine little grater, and you just lightly do the whole outside you can also use the fine side of a cheese grater, um, but this gives it a really yummy citrusy touch. If you don't have a fresh orange, you could use um, a little orange juice or orange juice concentrate, but I think this is the best, that little bit of orange zest. I'm glad you talked about the zesting and, and how to do it because when I know when I first started to use the zester, I was pushing down really hard <laughs> on that and, and it didn't taste very good when I put it in my what I was making. So yeah, you just kind of lightly brush the sides of it and then it collects on the top. Um, these are really cheap to buy too, a little zester. And it really adds good flavor without, um, you know, sugar and stuff like that. It's like nature's orange flavoring. Anyway, um, then we're gonna add a little sweetener. You can use any sweetener. You can use, I mean, if you're not whole food plant-based, you can eat, you can use sugar or brown sugar. Um, I'm going to use a little maple syrup, but you could also use some apple juice uh, concentrate or just anything to add a little bit of sweetness because those cranberries are pretty tart. So yeah, I, I would probably use date paste because that's what I don't typically use maple syrup, but everybody's different on this plant-based lifestyle and what they like to put in their their diets. But it's nice to know that that these can that it's flexible that way. Yeah. Date paste is for sure the healthiest option. I just don't always have it um, ready, but this is very versatile and it's just beautiful. And then you can use cinnamon or I'm gonna use a little of my uh, pumpkin spice blend. It's um, like ginger and cloves and allspice and nutmeg and even some black pepper, um, which you don't have to do, but it actually really brings out the other flavors. But you can just use cinnamon too, if that's what you have. And it just adds a really subtle and sweet little flavoring, so. Um, just gonna add like a half a teaspoon at first and I can increase it um, with time after I taste it. But I'll show you these beautiful cranberries. These cranberries are so sweet and yummy. Oh, look how beautiful. Mm. I kind of pop and burst here in a minute and then it gets all jelly-ish and you're done. And it's just so fast and easy, really simple ingredients. None of the additives that they would put in store-bought cranberry sauce. So This will be done in just a few minutes. Um, oh, you can hear the little popping. The yeah. They're going to start popping here. Have any of you made homemade cranberry sauce before? We'll see if anybody wants to answer that. Actually, we're we're preparing for Thanksgiving today too, so we're actually making making some of that. 
and it's and it's lovely for for the people that I mean, do you use an immersion blender or do you just make it without without blending it out? You don't have to blend it at all. You can just it just kind of the cranberries burst, and so it's really pretty smooth um, without blending it. Right. Yeah, but for, for those that are getting used to the can with the big blob coming out, you know, I think that's for some people, they would want an immersion blender just because they're trying to get used to the texture. But after being, I've been on the lifestyle since 2012, so texture, you know, doesn't bother me. <laughs> Stephanie Simpson said that she made it last year with the nutmeg notebook recipe. Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at hers, but I was just on her show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she's great. The sauce already made because I had a Friendsgiving a couple, like a few days ago. So this is the texture. Ooh, where's my camera here? There we go. Look at <laughs> that. How fast chunky. that was. It's well, that's the pre-made one I already have. But over okay. here. Okay, still going. Yeah. But yeah, it takes less than 10 minutes. The cranberries are already bursting and kind of, um, you know, popping and getting dissolved. But anyway, so sweet. And I just think cranberry sauce, even without a turkey on your plate, is a beautiful jewel on your plate of um, just color and variety of um, flavors. You know, something sweet with all that savory. And it also shouldn't be too sweet. Um, I don't think cranberry sauce should be a sugar blob, you know. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. But it is so colorful. And, you know, you think about Thanksgiving, that's just like, to me, it's just like the plant-based holiday because everybody is just hurrying around making so many different side dishes of this vegetable and that vegetable. And so, you know, even, and then a lot of the times people load up their plates with all those different sides and then they're like, oh, where am I going to put this turkey? So, you know, to me, that's just the epitome of our lifestyle, that if you eat enough of these vegetables, you're going to get full and you don't you don't need the, the animal products. It's so true. I love Thanksgiving for that reason. You just do not even miss the meat at all. So much delicious food. Thanksgiving is so easy, isn't it? Oh, yes, it really is. One of the things that we like to do, and, and there were so many recipes that you talked about making for us today, and I'm sure that you've had lots of recipes in your book and also in your arsenal for, for home, but we love to take butternut squash and uh, cut it in half and bake it and then kind of hollow it out and use that as a, as a, like a serving plate on top of a plate. And we'll put any kind of stir fried vegetables, any kind of mixture in that in that uh, vessel. And wow. it is so beautiful. Uh, my daughter is uh, traveling for Thanksgiving and she's going to be spending it with people that are not plant-based. So she's bringing her own food. Of course, she'll bring some to share. And that is one of the things that, you know, she says, I, even when it's not Thanksgiving, she loves to do this acorn squash thing because then when she puts her food out on the plate, people look at it and they say, how beautiful that, you know, instead of, you know, thinking how weird it looks, they think how beautiful it looks. That's so true. Well, good for her. Yeah. I think we may have some questions for you. So let's just see what we had. Okay. Yes. So 
Michelle wanted to know, can your gluten-free family member have the spelt flour? Um, no, she can't. So she's bringing her own cornbread with my recipe. You just use extra um, cornmeal or gluten-free flour, but um, I'm traveling two states away tomorrow, so I can't make the cornbread and take it, but she's making my recipe gluten-free. Oh, excellent. And then she wanted to know if, oh, can oat flour be used in place of spell flour? <laughs> Any gluten-free flour. So finely ground oat flour, gluten-free all-purpose, or just extra cornmeal. I've done those lots of times and it always works. So have you done, because when I was talking about how sometimes we, we like to take, uh, we will make oat milk, but sometimes we'll just take rolled oats and put in a food processor and make it into flour. So if you were to use oat flour, would that be one of your ways to make it? That's how I do it. I do it that way, I just put some rolled oats in mix and grind it until it's fine. And it's pretty much equal parts. So if you need a half a cup of oat flour, just do half a cup of rolled oats. Okay, excellent, excellent. And then, uh, so then you got, you got that cooking in the oven there, right? Yeah, the cornbread, it has to cook for 25 minutes, but our um, cranberry sauce is done. And as it fits, the cranberries even like burst some more, but it's just a beautiful little spoonful of ruby red sweet tartness, and it has lots of antioxidants in it, and it smells like oranges and cinnamon in here, and it smells so good. Oh, it seems like that 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 is one of the things that make leftovers so great. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's kind of like having jelly or something that if you wanted to, to make a sandwich or, or something like that, you could just layer some of that on over something else and it would really taste delicious. Oh, Stephanie said maybe even buckwheat flour. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would work. I haven't tried it though. Yeah, there are just so many. Here we, you know, before going plant-based, there was just only one flower, right? The white flower. And now we're all spouting out all these names of different kinds of flowers. And, and, and there's just so many things to, to choose from. It's just wonderful mm -hmm. that, we, that we have that. And you don't have to do without cornbread. So that's a big deal. Yeah, that is a big deal because I, I that's one of the things that I used to make those little mixes in the little boxes before I went plant-based. Oh, and, yeah. and then once I went plant-based, I said, oh, what am I going to do? Of course, this is back in 2012. There wasn't as much information out there as there is now. So it took a while for, for me to find that recipe over the years. <laughs> Which is way of eating cornbread, funny enough, is breaking it into a bowl with like some milk and a little maple syrup. Um, they love that. It's like cold cereal, but you know, a whole food. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about the PCOS and, um, is there, so you, you discovered this because you had those symptoms and then you just, you went to the doctor mm -hmm. and then, so what did the doctor tell you to do? There's not really have a lot of, honestly, lots of like medications that I could take, but I really did not want to do that like they prescribe all kinds of things just at the drop of a hat they're like well you can take this and this and this and I'm just thinking well shouldn't we fix the problem that's causing this instead of just you know taking medicine so I've never taken like metformin or anything any of those things that they would prescribe and I just followed my intuition and tried to heal it and I feel like I've completely when they say you can't reverse PCOS that's unreversible but I don't have any of the symptoms at all anymore so 
in my opinion, I have reversed it. Yeah. Well, you've at least resolved it. And maybe if you would eat the way that you were eating before, it maybe you may get the symptoms again. Yeah. So maybe, you know, so you can at least say you resolved it, right? And you you're not worried about any of those symptoms popping up again for you. No, I so, don't So how long did it take uh for you to uh to feel that those symptoms were resolved? About nine months. That is fantastic. That's not very long at all. Pretty, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nine months when you're having a baby, it feels like a long time. <laughs> but yes, that's one. That's wonderful. So, and how long has it been since the you've resolved those symptoms? Um, about five years. Wow. Stephanie, want to know how long you've been plant based? Yeah, so about five years. Um, before that, I was mostly just vegetarian. Um, I didn't really give up cheese, you know, like everybody else. So <laughs> yeah, and I still occasionally like, I would say I'm 90% whole food plant-based, um, mostly 100% plant-based, but you know, sometimes I'll have a little sugar and oil and stuff like that socially, but I try to um, eat 100% at home. Yeah, that's, that's great. Now, so when you're, when you decided Okay, so you were vegetarian at first, and that was when you met your husband. You were vegetarian, right? Yeah. And then you were married, and you were vegetarian. So how did that go? Because I know there's a lot of plant-based single women out there that are trying to figure out how to how to navigate those waters. I didn't really want to tell him I was vegetarian, but because I didn't want to like scare him off, you know. I mean, I eventually have to. And he actually found it really attractive that I would make green smoothies and drink almond milk and stuff like that. Um, and so he liked that, but he personally wasn't, you know, convinced to eat that way for several years. And so I just said when we were just, you know, dating and getting married, I was like, I'll make you meat, but like, I'm not going to eat it. And he was like, no, I'm fine just getting it like at restaurants on occasion and stuff like that, which I was super thankful for because I hate cooking raw meat. That's gross to me. I don't want to buy it. I don't want to cook it. So that wouldn't have lasted long. <laughs> well, that was, it was nice that you were showing that you were flexible. And so that's what it was one of the questions I was going to ask you was what happened when you were going out to restaurants when you were dating. So you just, yeah, you had order, you I would order vegetarian and eventually he kind of just gained his own conviction of it. And um, I, I don't feel like I've ever pressured him to eat a certain way, but he um, he's really the medical medium. I don't know if you've heard of him, Anthony William. Um, and he just loves that. And I'm just glad that he has somebody who, um, you know, has persuaded him in that regard, because it does make it so much easier as a family when you're on board with the same way of eating. You know, our kids watch us eat the same and so it's great. But for those people who don't have that in their household, you can do it. You can stick with the way that you're eating. You can, you know, keep your food separate and the food they eat is just their food. It's not yours. And you don't have to wait for your spouse to be on board to start making changes in your life. You can take responsibility for your health and your life and you do you regardless of what your family does. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because so, so many people are kind of using that as one of their as uh, excuses, I guess, for, for not going on board. And so now, did your husband have any health issues or weight issues or anything? No, he is super fit and healthy, kind of no matter how 
you know. Here <laughs> 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 because of the way he eats, but he's a marathon runner and he eats so much food, but doesn't ever gain weight because it's like you know whole plant food. There's not a lot of calories in it as much, so. Um, yeah, he hasn't really had any health issues to resolve, but he's just kind of felt inside what's the best way to eat. So now you've got the three kids. Well, I mean, your, your youngest one isn't eating solid food yet. So you have the two kids that are eating that way. So how do you navigate that with family, especially now you're traveling, so you can be eating Thanksgiving meal with another family. So how does that work? My parents, we're going to my parents' house and they thankfully eat the day. <laughs> wow that's a big deal we were not in that situation usually we're with my husband's family and you know they eat more typical standard american thanksgiving food and i just eat the side dishes mostly there's probably you know non-compliant ingredients but for the most part it's green beans and salad and potatoes and sweet potatoes and stuff like that and i've never had an issue and to me really thanksgiving isn't so much about the food it's just about being together and visiting and talking and being grateful. And the food doesn't have to like consume our minds and doesn't have to consume the day so much. So it doesn't really matter if I have tons of delicious food that I want to eat. It's just, yeah. So you, you made, the, you, you created this wonderful recipe book for, for kids, for plant-based kids. Yeah. Now, how did people react? I mean, your, your family is plant-based, so that wasn't an issue, but maybe your husband's plant-based family is not plant-based and they've got their grand, the grandparents. Or, I mean, sometimes people are concerned that you're raising your children and not giving them animal products, especially milk. I mean, that can be a challenge for some people with family members who think that they are wanting to give nutrition advice and medical advice. Have you had to navigate any of that? Thankfully, no. I think my family knows that I believe what I believe and they're not going to convince me otherwise. But um, we eat a lot of, you know, really healthy food, like fruits and vegetables and stuff. So I don't know how you can, um, you know, fault people for that. <laughs> if right. It's food like, you know, just vegan junk food. That would be different. But thankfully, I haven't had any backlash. Yeah, because I think like drinking milk, I think that's just like a big lightning rod for some families. It's like you have to give the kid milk, you know, it, mm -hmm. it becomes a really big deal. So that hasn't come up in, in either side of the family for you. Well, thankfully, the other side of my family, they have watched What the Health, and that really convinced them to switch over to almond milk. So they don't buy cow milk, even though they <sighs> eat dairy and meat. But that's been nice that they at least always have almond milk on hand. Oh, that's wonderful. So yeah, that makes things a lot easier, especially if if you want to leave them to babysit while you guys go out and do something. You don't have to worry about them trying to sneak them things or something. And then, because sometimes that, that happens. I've talked to people who have had family members give these non-compliant foods to the kids, which, I mean, it's not going to hurt them, except for the fact that some of these kids, their digestive system isn't ready to accept these foods because they their their gut hasn't been having them and then they wind up getting sick from the dairy so, so some people have uh issues with that but that's nice that you haven't had issues with that at all so um avery wanted to know more about your pcos and uh want to know if there's any food that you avoid 
or recommend adding to combat it? Um, let's see. Mostly just like lots of antioxidant rich and anti-inflammatory fruits and vegetables. So brightly colored foods like, you know, greens and beets and berries. And um, I think that's going to help you combat anything. Um, higher fat foods are, are good to avoid, even plant-based ones, just to have a overall lower fat because PCOS and insulin resistance are very tied to each other. And the long-term effect of a high fat diet is insulin resistance. So cutting back on like lots of nuts and coconut milk and avocados and just having maybe like one or two of those foods a day and not like, you know, too many of them. So a low fat plant-based diet, I think is important and a high fiber, which is, you know, and kind of inherent, all plants have fiber, but fiber really helps to absorb excess hormones and just flush them out of your body to keep them more balanced. So inherently, a plant-based diet is going to help you balance your hormones. I'm glad that you talked about that because you actually had mentioned that your your uh, attending physician wanted to prescribe metformin amongst other drugs, and that's something that's given to people with diabetes. So that's very interesting. Now, another question that people may ask about foods that they is about soybeans because there's some controversy about that. Why don't you talk to us about soybeans? I've actually done so much research on soy because. There's a lot of controversy about it and it's confusing. <laughs> so I even have a tofu course on my website for sale because I get asked so many questions about soy and tofu. But um, everything that I can understand is that soy is still a beneficial product for um, even with people with hormone disorders. So I do not avoid soy and it's actually one of the one of my family's favorite foods because it's flavorful and easy for kids to eat. So we eat tofu a few times a week and soy milk. Um, so yeah, I don't think it needs to be feared. So speaking of what, what you're eating, so Angie wants to know, what do you eat in a day? Uh, typically I have some kind of like smoothie and or like morning for breakfast. Sometimes I'll do like a vegetable hash but usually it's oatmeal with like berries and maybe like a green smoothie. Um, and then for lunch, I often have leftovers from the night before, or I'll make like a salad um, with like, you know, hearty ingredients. So it keeps me full, like quinoa or rice and like a sauce. Um, or I have a lot of lunch ideas for kids in here and I'll eat those with them. I'll show you a few. Um, I have like this simple pasta salad that has like a homemade, um, Italian dressing, these little sushi rolls, a black bean salsa with like oil-free chips. Um, but some of my favorites, this is like a curried rice with veggies, uh, barbecue, sweet potato sandwich. This is cute. My kids love this. It's just a whole green tortilla with refried beans inside. And you can dip it in guacamole or salsa. Kids, a lot of kids love to dip their food. Yes, yeah. and play with their food. <laughs> and you can play with this food. <laughs> wow, that looks delicious. And even for grown-ups too, I would say if I was besides feeding that to my kid, I'd probably have to make more so I could just kind of snack with them. It looks delicious. That's why their favorite is tofu. Um, so you have a you have a great test kitchen. I do. <laughs> How did you do this? 
when you have kids, but I have to cook three times a day for my kids. So that's like, I have to do that anyway. So might as well make a product while I'm doing it. Um, this is another one of their favorites is a chickpea salad sandwich. At first they didn't like it, but the more I exposed them to it, they learned to like it and they really love it now. And they even like it without the bread. They just want like a spoonful of chickpea salad because it has pickles in it and they love pickles. So um, this is like a boxed macaroni and cheese mix. So just like craft macaroni and cheese, except nothing like that. Same time with nutritional yeast and like some whole grain pasta. So those are a few lunch ideas. Oh, very cute. Very cute indeed. So, um, when you first transition your children from uh, and onto solid foods, what did, how did you do that? And did um, you have any anything from your pediatrician? That, was your pediatrician on board? Yeah, I lucked out. I didn't look for a specific pediatrician, but he does happen to be vegan. Oh, <laughs> so, you are just surrounded by the, all these people that are so supportive. How fortunate! I live meat and potatoes, Idaho. Like I don't right. Live a lot of people around here, like 99.9% .9 of people are opposed to being vegan around here. <laughs> but anyway, I transitioned my kids to solid food with, it's called baby led weaning. So instead of making purees and using a spoon, you just give them foods and let them like feed themselves. And so I gave them like little strips of banana and sweet potato and um, like soft tofu was, was really yummy. They loved that when they were little babies with no teeth, you know, and um, just whatever we're eating, basically, I would give to them and let them feed themselves. And it's extremely messy and really overwhelming how messy it is. <laughs> but no matter what you do, feeding babies is messy. And um, I, I feel like that did help them learn to um, just appreciate different types of food. My kids are still fairly picky. Um, even though I feel like I've done everything you're supposed to do to avoid picky eaters. So it's really frustrating. I won't say my kids happily eat every meal I make. That's just not true. But um, maybe they eat more than they would otherwise. I don't know. They do like several fruits and vegetables. So we just give them a lot of those. Yeah. It seems like they just kind of graze. And like you said earlier, their tummies are so small. They get full pretty quickly. So, and, and I think that hunger is probably the best sauce, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and they're not gonna and, and you go you, you see the pediatrician and they get weighed and measured so you know that they're on track that that they're they're doing okay and I think that that's just yeah they all go through those funny phases it seems like sometimes it, there can be a food that they love you know especially the toddlers and then all of a sudden they go on strike and like no not having that anymore. You're like, no, but you love this. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> so Jennifer wanted to know, do you, did you breastfeed while plant-based? If so what would you recommend to keep up milk supply? Yeah, I have a hundred percent breastfed my babies. They've never had a drop of formula and I've had perfectly fine supply or no, no issues with that. I think a plant-based diet is super ideal for breastfeeding because it's really high in just energy, like carbohydrates, and that's what you need. I think it's hard to produce milk if you're eating mostly fat and protein. Um, you need those carbs, and I eat plenty of the milk-producing foods, like oats and flaxseed are supposed to be really good to help you produce milk, and I eat those every day. 
um, just all grains and fruits and vegetables in general. So yeah, it's the ideal way to eat. So speaking of, of, of babies and so forth, I mean, you, you talked about how your pediatrician is, is vegan. What about your OBGYN? You know, it's funny. They never ask about how you eat. You'd think they should, and they would. I don't think they even care how you eat. Um, I've never really had any issues with it. Sometimes I'll mention it, and they'll be like, hmm, maybe you need a burger or something. And <laughs> But it never really has been an issue. So, Yeah. I guess if you had gained too much weight and were in danger of maybe gestational diabetes, then maybe that might come up. Yeah, or gained too little weight, but... I've gained between 18 and 25 pounds all three times. And that's six, that's ideal. That's perfect. So. How wonderful. So it, that, that I'm sure that that probably, I mean, you weren't pregnant without eating this way, so you wouldn't know, but it probably made, made things a little bit smoother for you and easier for you, especially even just because you didn't gain too much weight or not enough weight, you were just right on that. So I'm sure that helped a lot. I've had good energy and I've recovered really well and it's been three months, but I feel like I'm totally back to my old self. It's just nice to not have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anybody that's thinking about what to feed their baby, at least, at least the newborns, if I, I, I was fortunate that I actually had a friend who, who said to me, you, you should try breastfeeding and, uh, I didn't even really think about it because I was bottle fed and, you know, it didn't even, wasn't something that even occurred to me. And so she said, you should try that. So I said, okay, I'll try it. You know, can try, right? <laughs> if it doesn't work out, then I have an option. And I did that for all, all three of mine. And it was, it was a wonderful experience. And I, I really feel that it is the best thing if you can, not everybody can, but if you can, I would highly recommend doing that for your baby. And it's kind of like being plant-based cleanup is so much easier. <laughs> you don't have to wash out bottles and prepare things. It just, it just goes along so much better. So, true. Uh, so Haley said, um, food's so expensive these days. Is eating whole food plant-based more expensive than traditional food? I would say it's about the same because I'm not buying the super cheap processed food like, you know, white bread and sugar and stuff like that. But I'm also not buying the super expensive cheese and meat and going out to eat as much and stuff like that. So I feel like I, I, I pay about the same. And if it's different, it's probably less. So, Right. Because I, I think that people who aren't familiar with the lifestyle when they think about adopting the lifestyle, they look in the grocery store and they see all the processed prepackaged plant-based meals or foods, which they're typically more expensive than the things that you can prepare at home. Mm -hmm. So well, plant-based diet are the cheapest foods like rice and beans and potatoes. Like you can't get cheaper than that. Bananas, apples, frozen vegetables, even. So it's really a very affordable way that everybody could eat this way if they have access to a kitchen and can make their own food. So now your oldest is how old? Uh, she's four and a half. So is she uh, working in the kitchen with you ever? Yeah, she absolutely loves to do that. So what 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 kinds of things do you try to do to, to let her be helpful and safe? <laughs> and I have a really popular section in my cookbook. Everyone's commenting on it about ways that you can get your kids involved and how they can help. 
some really specific things of what each age group can do. So for my youngest kids, they love to like peel garlic and onions. They can cut really soft things like mushrooms or cucumbers. I even have like little kid knives that they can't cut themselves with that work pretty well. But you can even let them use a sharp knife um, at a certain point, and I think it's good practice. Um, they like to pour things in and, um, you know, they call it dump the dumps, like dump in the baking powder, dump in the spices. They like to smell things. Like I'll say, like, what does this smell like, you know? Um, or they'll stand on a chair and, like, wash the dishes while I'm cooking <laughs> in the water, basically. But um, it's just good to have them involved in all of it and even helping with the cleanup and emptying the dishwasher and setting the table. Those are all really good skills for little kids. That's so nice to hear because some adults now, the, the younger adults anyway, they call things like that adulting. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they, they weren't shown how, how to be in touch with their kitchen. And that's another thing that I just love about this lifestyle because you are, like you said, you're cooking more at home because you're more likely to find more delicious uh, compliant food at home than you would if you went to a, a restaurant, but it gets the family involved and it, and it shows children that, that, you know, food doesn't come from, you know, pressing a speed dial or, or, you know, going online and ordering from something food actually comes from, <laughs> from preparing it. And those are just life skills that are just so, so important. And even, you know, grandparents, you know, they, they can do things like that too. And that's why I love the fact that you put this book out because this is going to give people an opportunity to, I mean, the fact that you have a picture for every recipe gives people an opportunity to, to take the book out and show it to the children and let the children kind of flip through it like it's a storybook and say, which one do you want to make, right? Exactly. And then, and then try to assemble it to look like the picture and, and just there's so much education that must be involved talking about the ingredients. And it's nice that you have uh, an age appropriate section in your book that shows as they develop what the things that they can do. So tell us about that knife again, because I've never seen that. Uh, I get this little set on Amazon. It comes with a little cutting board and three little knives and they're just plastic knives. So like you can't um cut yourself but they have a serrated edge so it actually does cut food pretty well yeah so play with these <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome very nice so you talked about your your website and then oh is something ready something to get ready to be taken out of the kitchen of oven oh you should have like a drum roll sound effect or something because this is exciting so how long did that take? About 25 minutes. About 20. And then when, I mean, everybody's oven varies. So how would you know? Ooh. It looks oh. like my baking powder worked. So. It did. It, go ahead. What? I poked it with a toothpick. Although when I touch it, it is a little bit um, soft. So it's between 25 to 30 minutes. Uh -huh. So I'm going to give it a few more minutes. So you, you put a toothpick in. To see, I mean, I know what a toothpick is for, but tell everybody what you do with the toothpick. If it's not clean, it might be ready, but I also like to like tap it a little and it should feel fluffy and not like wet in the middle. So it's a little bit dense still. So I'm going to give it a few more minutes. Okay. And, and baking powder and baking soda, people get that mixed up. So baking 
baking soda is so that it spreads out and then baking powder is so that it puffs up. And that's how you knew that it worked, right? Because it, it, yeah. puffed, it puffed up. Yeah, that's that's what I learned. Powder is, starts with a P, it means puff, and S starts with soda starts with an S, and that means spread. So that's a that's a little tip, right? A little cooking tip for us. <laughs> wow, you could just make a treat with the cranberry sauce and the and the and the cornbread. You could just kind of spread it kind of like a jelly, right? Yeah, it smells so good in here. I wish you could I would imagine. <laughs> so does it when does it kind of crack on top when it's ready also? Yeah, I think that's typical of cornbread, but it's delicious either way. It doesn't get too crumbly. So. Right. But I think that's just another, like a visual, like when you, because mm -hmm. you, you, Chef Bravo was on a few times and he says, you cook with your, your ears and your eyes too. And yeah. so, you know, and so I think that if you can see that it's a little cracked on top, that that's probably another good sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the show and showing us a couple of easy to make Thanksgiving recipes, which, like I said, that you can do that almost any day of the year and it would be wonderful. I think that I would just, I'd probably be making corn muffins and batch cooking them and then sticking them in the freezer so I could have that year round because... <laughs> And and because I we do that we have these chocolate cupcake recipes that we do that with and we make mini ones, and then you know you just pop it in the microwave for like twenty seconds and you mm -hmm. have have a great treat. So that's what I think that that I would be doing with that. But that looks so delicious. But thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us about the PCOS, which is another thing that was really important because I think that a lot of people will be sharing this broadcast with other people and uh, maybe helping them to see that there are ways of resolving those issues and also sharing these wonderful recipes with us. So tell us about your book and your website. Tell us about all the things that you do. So you can find me at faithfulplateful.com or on Instagram or Facebook at faithfulplateful. And I have a few eBooks for sale there. Um, there's no, there's not two L's at the end, just one L at the end. Oh, good. We're going to fix that now so we can know. Okay. But yeah, I try to have resources for not just families with kids, but all people who are transitioning to a plant-based diet. And yeah, I hope to see you on Instagram, especially that's where I share the most stuff. And I have a YouTube channel as well. Um, Faithful Playful. I just started my YouTube channel. Oh, when do you have time for all this? Because I had children that were two years apart, three of them. And I don't know how I had time for anything sometimes. I look back and I say, who did all those things? Because that's just kind of crazy. Oh, so Angela said, this was wonderful. I hope Facebook is a bestseller. Have a wonderful holiday all. She's going to sign off. And she's saying, be strong, be well, and be green, because that's what we like to say at the end. Oh, that's wonderful. And then talk about your, your cookbook again. So you can get it on Amazon or bushelandpeckbooks.com. That's the publisher. They have good sales sometimes. And um, yeah, I have advice for picky eaters in here. We were talking about chocolate cupcakes, and I have the most delicious chocolate zucchini cupcake recipe with sweet potato frosting that is just amazing. And I think anyone would absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, here's that recipe. Ooh, <laughs> that looks really great. Yeah, so it just got released on Amazon yesterday. I would absolutely love 
um, reviews on Amazon since that really helps promote it. And I just truly want families to have help that they need to feed their children more nutritiously. It's not about the money. It's that I really want people to have the help that they need to eat better. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I also want to thank uh, Just Task Voice because she did the promo and she also did the voiceovers and she's going to tell us who's coming up next. Venus DeMarco healed breast cancer and her life through faith, food, and fun on Wednesday, November 30th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live. Well, thanks again, Faith. It's so awesome. I also want to thank Green Warriors that we're tuning in today and sharing it with other people and we'll be tuning in on other days as well. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Faith wrote that cookbook for you to enjoy and share with other people. I think it makes a wonderful holiday gift. I really do. And for you Green Warriors, go ahead and take your right hand and put it on your left shoulder, your left hand and put it on your right shoulder and give a squeeze. That's a hug from me to you. Thank you so much for being here and for supporting the channel. And if you would like to join me with Faith as we sign off, and you can type this in the comments below. Are you ready, Faith? Yep. Until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be green. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.